Granted, this is certainly not a traditional Christmas passage, Titus chapter 2. But it does nonetheless describe exactly what happened that first Christmas. Exactly what happened. For Paul writes in verse 11, the grace of God that brings salvation appeared. Very succinct, I grant you, but that essentially is what happened. Nigh on 2,000 years ago, that first Christmas morn, the grace of God that brings salvation appeared. That description of the apostle reminds me of the beginning of John's gospel, where the disciple whom Jesus loved essentially says the same thing. In John 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. What I really like about both of these wonderful passages is that they go beyond just the facts about the birth of Jesus and get to the very heart of why Jesus came to this earth all those years ago. He came to reveal God's grace and to bring salvation to all people. And that is... The aspect of Christmas that makes the gift of hope available to you and I, to us all this morning. And what is really exciting about the words of the Apostle Paul to Titus here is that this hope extends to every aspect of our lives, past, present and future. Did you notice that in just those four verses? This hope extends to every aspect of our lives, past, present, and future. Let's consider very briefly together this morning how we might receive the gift of hope this Christmas time. How we might receive the gift of hope concerning the past, We receive the gift of hope when we trust Jesus to forgive our sins. Without Christmas, our hope for a right relationship with God would be nothing, dear friends, but wishful thinking. If my salvation this morning depended upon me, depended upon what I, Doug Atherton, can do, then I'll live my entire life wondering if I have done enough. No matter, and we've heard already this morning, haven't we, courtesy of Laura's glimpse at Santa's list, 
We've already heard how nice Dogatherton is. But no matter how good of a life I live, no matter how nice I am, I'll constantly live in fear that I haven't quite done enough to overcome the bad in my life. And that, my friends, is not a very hopeful way of living. But sadly, we are surrounded this Christmas season, are we not, with people who are living in this way. Hoping in vain that they have done enough. But the appearing of God's grace in the person of Jesus makes it possible for us to completely change how we look at our relationship with God and therefore live with the confidence that our relationship with our Creator is 100% secure. 100% secure, not because I'm depending on what I have done, will do, can do, but I'm depending rather on what Jesus Christ has already done for me. Hallelujah. As Paul points out here in verse 11, that kind of hope is available for every single one of us. Because the birth of Jesus makes salvation available to all people. Oh yes, to all people. However, as Paul reveals in verse 14, that kind of hope requires not only that Jesus was born in the manger in Bethlehem all those centuries ago, but also that this very same Jesus, God incarnate, grew up. That he lived the perfect life. And then, says Paul, he gave himself for us. To redeem us from all wickedness. Oh friends, we every one of us have a past. Do we not? And in spite of our best efforts, we will never ever be in a position to deal adequately with that past before a holy God. Bless God this morning for Jesus. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all Wickedness. Jesus came at Christmas so that he would lay down his life at Easter. If we just focus upon the Christmas message at Advent, then the message arguably is incomplete. What must follow the Christmas message is the Easter message. Jesus gave his life to redeem us from our sin, to buy us back for himself, to pay the penalty that our sins deserve. The penalty of sin, of course, is death. 
But as Paul writes, the Romans, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, how might we know the gift of hope this Christmas? We trust in Jesus to forgive our sins, to deal with our past. His precious blood on Calvary's cross covers our wrong. It facilitates a personal and intimate relationship with our Creator God. Hallelujah, friends. This provides us with a blessed and wonderful hope. It's exciting. I'm reminded of that old hymn. That I sang regularly in my home church in Liverpool. A favorite hymn of Billy Campbell's, if I remember rightly. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul that for long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Second verse, I have ceased from my wandering and going astray since Jesus came into my heart. And my sins, which were many, listen, are all washed away since Jesus came into my heart. Third verse, I'm possessed of a hope. That is steadfast and sure since Jesus came into my heart. And no dark clouds of doubt. Now my pathway obscure since Jesus came into my heart. There's a light in the valley of death. Now for me. Since Jesus came into my heart. And the gates of the city beyond I can see. Since Jesus came into my heart. How might we know this wonderful gift of hope this Christmas, this Advent Sunday? We trust Jesus to forgive our sin. Now, of course, to do that, we must acknowledge a need. We won't trust Jesus for anything unless we acknowledge we have a need. But we have a need. How do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have a need. How do we know that? Our own conscience tells us. As God's Holy Spirit searches the innermost recesses of our hearts, we become conscious of our need of salvation, of our need of Jesus. And all we need to do, friends, conscious of that need, is to lift a childlike eye of faith towards heaven. We don't need to dot the theological I's or cross the theological T's. We don't need to seek a PhD in pastoral theology. We just need to look towards Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who has made us a promise that if we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins. Why? Because the child, the babe of Bethlehem, became crucified on the cross of Calvary, bearing in his body on that tree our sin, our sorrow, and our shame. Friends, how might we know the hope of Christmas? We trust Jesus for our past. Hallelujah. But we know the hope of Christmas also because concerning the present, we live out. 
We live out, we express, if you like, the true spirit of Christmas. May I be brutally honest? If we're not careful, we Christians can find ourselves celebrating Christmas as the world does. Perhaps, in part, we already do. The true spirit of Christmas, friends, has nothing to do with the vast majority of expressions being impressed upon us by a neo-postmodern, post-Christian, materially hedonistic 21st century Western culture. Modern expressions of Christmas have nothing to do with the gift of hope and everything to do with the greed of hype. Shallow, commercial, flim-flam, superficial, mercantile pomposity. These dominate our media, they bombard our senses, and they manipulate our thinking if we are not careful. E.B. White has correctly and perhaps somewhat profoundly observed to perceive Christmas through its wrapping, becomes more difficult every year. Wow. How true is that? This will be my 53rd Christmas. And every year, even as a child of God, it is more and more and more difficult to perceive Christmas through the wrapping that the world puts upon it. In verse 12 of Titus 2, Paul's words to Titus intimate that for the hope of Christmas to appropriately impact our lives in the present, then the incarnation of Jesus must do something in the life of the child of God. It must Do something. And when I say the incarnation of Jesus, you say, well, how can that be? Because Jesus, once he rose from the grave, ascended into heaven. True enough. But did he not send the Holy Spirit? Is Jesus not here with us this morning? If not in person, he is by the person of the Holy Spirit. If... The the message, the spirit of Christmas is to rightly impact our lives in the present. Then the incarnation of Jesus by the indwelling Holy Spirit must have an impact upon our lives. Paul says it's, it helps us to say no to ungodliness. Notice teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Then verse 14, Paul reinforces that idea by reminding us that Jesus not only redeemed us from all wickedness, we've already seen that, But he is also purifying us to make us into a people who are eager to do what is good. I ask you, brothers and sisters in Christ, how does he do that? 
by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We need his presence here in this day and age amongst his people at the heart of his church. That his church, his people might adopt a position at Christmas time that doesn't simply succumb to the wiles of the, of the world, but brings glory to God. Glory. God give us a church this Christmas that glorifies God. As children of God, we don't desire to live a pure and holy life so that we can earn brownie points with our Father in heaven. We do so because of our gratitude for what God has already done for us. We want God to be glorified in our lives, don't we? Surely that's why we're here. We're not here for a holy huddle from Sunday to Sunday. Yes, we're here that the Holy Spirit might minister to our needs. And we've had opportunity this morning to receive that ministry. But we're here, first and foremost, that we might, that God might glorify Himself through our lives, through this church. And at least one of the ways this kind of life glorifies God is that it causes others to desire the hope that we have as a result of our faith in Jesus. And so as we celebrate this Christmas time, 2017, let us do so in the true spirit of Christmas. Living self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present so that our God is glorified. Does this mean that we have to be dour, forbidding, morose, killjoys at Christmas? No. Does this mean that we have to cast a judgmental eye upon a contemporary world and its festivities? No. Friends, we can enjoy ourselves at Christmas by living godly, Upright lives. You see, friends, I think we have it wrong. Christmas is not a date. It's not the 25th of December. Don't think for one minute that actually that date from a Gregorian calendar reflects the actual date when Jesus came. It does not. We've adopted it into our calendar because society, culture has kind of deemed so. Christianity is not a date. Christmas, rather, is not a date. It's a state of mind. It's an attitude of the heart. And with heart and mind, we should, on the 25th of December, and for all the other days of the year, endeavor to glorify God. No wonder the angels declared in, in Luke chapter 2.14 on that Christmas morn, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. 
Yes, yes, Christmas is about God sending Jesus to save us from our sin. Yes, it is. But yes, more than that, it's about the glory of God. And when God saves his people from sin, he glorifies his name. We're getting it wrong, aren't we? We've made, we've made Christmas about us. Haven't we? We've made Christmas all about us. It's all about Him. Glory to God in the highest. How do we avail ourselves of the gift of hope at Christmas? We live out the true spirit by glorifying Jesus. Thirdly, oh gosh, time's gone. Concerning the future, you see, you've no clock there now. <laughs> That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Concerning the future, we give Jesus our fears. We live in a world, friends, where people are really afraid about the future. Really afraid. And in many ways, with good reason. I have to admit that I sometimes think about the world that my children, that my grandchildren will grow up in and how difficult it's going to be for them to live as disciples of Jesus in that world. And I'm concerned for them. But I'm not worried. I'm not worried because of the truth that Paul expresses so beautifully in verse 13 where he describes how the birth of Jesus enables us to wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. How do we enjoy the gift of hope this Christmas? We give Jesus our fears concerning the future. One day, my friends, this same Jesus, who came as a babe in Bethlehem, God incarnate, is going to come back. He's going to return. On the Apostle Paul say so? Not at all. On his own. <laughs> For he said to his disciples, as you have seen me go, as he was, of course, uh, transcended from the very presence, uh, ascended into the presence of God, he says, so shall I return. So shall I return. He says in John 14 to the emotionally bruised and battered disciples, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also might be where I am. You know the place where I am going. My friends, Jesus is coming back. How do we know the gift of hope this Christmas? Well, we give Jesus our fears for the future, understanding that Jesus will be true to his word. Understanding that the prophets will be proven right. The prophets were proved right, of course, when they prophesied concerning the first advent of Jesus some 2,000 years ago now. And so the same prophets will be proved right. For they spoke as clearly about the second advent of Jesus as they did the first. Jesus came the first time in fulfillment of the prophets. Jesus is coming again a second time. In fulfillment of the prophets. I am absolutely convinced of this. 
Many things in life, my friends, I'm not convinced about. Many things cause sometimes the shadow of doubt to cross my spirit. But this, my friends, I cleave onto with certainty and with joy and with hope. Jesus Christ is coming again. And he needs to come. The American evangelist Billy Graham said, I quote, our world is filled with fear, hate, lust, greed, war, and utter despair. Surely, he says, the second coming of Jesus Christ is the only hope of replacing these depressing features with trust, love, universal peace, and prosperity. The first Christmas gift that will last in this Advent series is the gift of hope. Hope for my past. I trust in Jesus this morning, friends, to cleanse me of my sin. To redeem me of my sinfulness. And to set me free from the law of sin and death. And I am redeemed. I am set free. I am a child of God. The past has been dealt with. I trust Him with the present, that I will endeavor to live out the Christian life under the influence of the Holy Spirit. For it is not by might nor power of man that we will shake the foundations of this world for the sake of the gospel. It is by the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, we welcome Him to come in power and to move amongst us in His church in these days, this Advent season. And the future is secure. The blessed and glorious hope that Christ is coming back. And I believe He's coming soon. Oh, friends, might God make us proactive in this Christmas season 2017 because we might not have an Advent 2018, you see. We might not. And so how more important it is that we are proactive this Advent season. To communicate the wonderful message of hope to the lost and dying of Thratlan and Pontypridd. Leonard Ravenhill wrote in a wonderful, wonderful book, Why Revival Tarries. We Christians are debtors to all men at all times in all places. But we are so smug to the lostness of men. We've been living in Laodicea. Lax, loose, lustful and lazy. Why is there this criminal indifference to the lostness of men? Our condemnation is that we know how to live better than we are living. Oh, strong words, but true. Our condemnation is we know how to live better than we are living. We, friends, have more than enough revelation from God that we might live the kind of lives that will impact Trashan with the gospel. If those lives are not impact, whose fault is that? Has God failed? We know how to live better. Let us ask for God's help 
this Christmas season that we might indeed be salt and light. For friends, we may not just have another Christmas. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for these searching scriptures. Wonderfully encouraging. Oh Lord, might we know the hope of Christ, the hope of Christmas, by giving Jesus our past. Buried in the deepest sea. That's good enough for pastor this morning. Help us in the present to live the true spirit of Christmas. To be the salt and light by the indwelling Holy Spirit. Always with that eye of faith looking towards heaven with childlike anticipation for Jesus, you are coming. When you come, Lord, might we be found here in Trachlan to be faithful servants, ready and willing for the Master's return. And we ask it all in Christ's name. Amen.